Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S. Three, two, one. One, two, three. No, just kidding. This is a live show. That's how we go around here. It's Dan Matthews. It's Chris Landry. It's the end of the week. As Chris, I'm going to uh, take a little creative liberty here and steal from a friend because that's what we do in sports radio. None of our Ideas are our own, but uh, my good buddy uh, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South calls this week Cake Week. This is Cake Week in most of college football, especially the SEC. So our games portion today, Chris Landry, he's Chris Landry, I'm Dan Matthews, is going to be basically four games that we're going to be talking about in the the longest part that we preview the games this week. Uh, Because everything else, it's uh, pretty much a, hmm, is my team playing? Otherwise, I'm not watching. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so all that film graves notes on uh on uh prior view in Charleston Southern is just you telling me that was for nuts. So I got you. I got you. No, oh, I'm just oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm I've just, slighted the man. I've slighted the man. I, How can I, I do this? I, I'm just teasing. I, I did I, I got a little bit on New Mexico State. I actually okay. saw a little no no no. I I'm not talking about it. I'm just saying I, I saw a little bit last week because they happened to play Alabama. Yeah, no, it is that that week and um, I know it's always a discussion. I don't like it. At least it's we have a couple of games, so not every team is playing that week. I, I don't like it. That's part of uh, it's a strategic part of it. And as long as we have college football that's that is governed by each individual conference, everybody does their own thing. We're going to have a little bit of this. I don't. I don't think it's great. I think it takes the SEC off the map 
a little bit this weekend for the most part. But, hey, you know, it is what it is, as they say. But we're going to have fun talking about the games that we have. We're going to talk about something that I want to talk with you about. Make a note of it, if you would, because we didn't. We talked a little bit before we went on air. Sometimes we do. We we do talk when we're not on the air, too. Make oh, a yeah, note. Yeah. I, I do want to ask you this about your thoughts, because I have said this, and I've talked about the rankings and how a scenario, if you think there's any way that a two-loss Alabama team gets in the air and they, I'll go through the scenario where that I think is relevant and get your thoughts on it. And then yeah. folks, we got a lot of details. Uh, we got to, we got to really watch this Florida Gators team the next couple of weeks uh, and how things finish. We are give you a, an update on the LSU situation and what's going on there in their coaching search. Uh, mm. And kind of what that Mel Tucker situation really meant. And then Lane Kiffin, names have been quiet. We're going to talk a little bit about why it's been quiet and why it might be heating up. So, man, a whole lot of stuff that we've got uh, to, to get going with. I hope I didn't distract you, Chris. Those of, those of you watching on Twitch right now, you can see I'm turning the carousel. That's what I'm carousel. doing. Carousel. The, the coaching, coaching carousel, carousel is in full spin right now. Can, so. can you can you can you, anybody seeing what I'm doing now? Oh, you pulling you, you pulling the lever? It's it's the pulling the lever, or it's the pulling the maybe if this is a cash register, cha ching. Yeah, that's that it. Because that's that's really what's going on now. Yeah, well, but it, we've got a lot of that, and I want to get into that as that is taken on a life of its own. And, you know, maybe we'll touch on what's going on around some of the other coaching searches around the country. If we have time too, with updates at yeah. Virginia tech, well, you know, so lot going to be a fun show folks. Yeah. may not be maybe some cupcake games or whatever we're calling it. Uh, we're not going to bore you with a lot of that, but we, we've got some good scenarios that we, we want to get into and in, in some situations in the coaching world. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, as uh, maybe next week we will have the house band to be able to play the music that goes along with the carousel <laughs> going around. But, uh, Chris, you're exactly right. As a matter of fact, speaking of Florida and Dan Mullen, going to get to that in a second because the gambling angle has come in on that, not just the game odds for this week, them playing against Missouri, but uh, an interesting note uh, that I uh, really uh, had to share today. Uh, he's Chris Landry. Like I said, I'm Dan Matthews. You can follow us on Twitter. He is at Landry football on Twitter. I am at Dan Matthews ATL one T in Matthews is the way that you can follow me. Watch us on Twitch too. We always really appreciate all the viewers on Twitch and all of you who take in the show that way, twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry football. And you can also find the show wherever you get your podcast need. That's Apple, Spotify, like I said, wherever you get your podcast needs. So, Chris, let's uh, dive in first. I mean, the number one job that everybody wants to know about right now is the LSU job. And, of course, yesterday, it's like any of these job searches go. Usually, it's everybody's wrong. That's number one. <laughs> number two, there is a new hot name that is out there, and it's a, oh, his representation was on a plane. There's a guy named Hank Smith out there who's telling us that it's going to be this guy. And then the next day, oh, hey, it's somebody else. He's going to be the guy. So, with LSU right now, let's kind of just go through just a, a, a timeline of events this week is that Thursday we get the report, a sizable offer made. People I've talked with, Chris, have said there have been no formal interviews. There have been no offers made. Maybe that comes this weekend. I don't know. Another one, too, that I have a question about is 
a man who seemingly now is starting to get run for the USC job. That's Dave Aranda for the job that he has done at Baylor this year. He's a Southern California guy, so he has roots in that area. Where do we stand, I guess, is the better way to start this off. Well, let's let's take the LSU situation. Let's go back a little bit further, and I won't go spend too much time on it, but it's it's right at a month. We are the 18th today, I believe, as we're doing this. This will drop on Correct. the 19th. Uh, it was October 17th, I believe, was the exact date that uh, Ed Orgeron was elected. So we're right at a month. And when – and, Dan, you know this, for people who don't know, you know, I don't do this from a reporting angle. Uh, some of this stuff is – I get a lot of it doing my coaching search work. Um, when LSU job opened up, there was a lot of information that was in the agent community, in the college community, was floated out. And it was just a generic number to give a ballpark. And it mm. was 10 years, $100 million. That was kind of what LSU's willing to pay. Now, massage that a little bit here or there. Okay, so that number is kind of floated out there. That's kind of a, well, this is what they're willing to do for the right guy, so on and so forth. So you have a number of candidates. And remember, there are very few agents that represent a whole lot of candidates. So you have guys, and I want to mention this as it relates to where they are, and I want to kind of look at the Mel Tucker situation, which is one that he was one of many whose names that were interested, that were of interest. It was not somebody that Scott Woodward was comfortable with offering the job to, but he liked him. The president, William Tate, liked Mel Tucker. And I, I'm saying this to give everybody an understanding, Dan, of how this works, because everybody throws this stuff out. I mean, I've seen it. I've done this for years and years and years, and it's, 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 this is a perfect example. So it's like the stock market. So Mel Tucker's having a good year. He's now has connections to the Southeast and, you know, he's from actually Cleveland Heights and played at Wisconsin and coached there at Ohio, Ohio State. And, but he's also had the, yep. the, the Georgia and the Alabama and the LSU mm-hmm. connections yeah. coaching there. So it's, oh, he's the hot guy. He moved on. Is he going to move? Yeah. It, it, it's irrelevant. The bottom line, he's a hot guy. So the stock is up. Who represents mm-hmm. him? None other than Jimmy Sexton. Okay. Stock up, stock up. Guys out of Canada. Boom. Well, October 17th, again, this is November 1st, right at November 1st, I think right around Halloween at the end, Michigan State put an offer on the table, a sweetener for Mel. As a good agent does, he knows November 1st, LSU, not hiring anybody anytime soon. So let the stock, hey, you know, not like, oh, no, 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 we're not taking that out. No. Well, you know, he's, you know, busy with the season because they're dealing with the agent. You know, it looks good, you know, but look, let's see. We're trying to work with, I'm going to get with them. They slow play it. That's the term Mm -hmm. that you slow play. So stock going up, right? You you know, those of you that play the stock, stocks up, stop going up. Okay. Well, what is getting ready to happen in the next week or so? 10 days, give or take. LSU is getting ready to hire a coach. It's not going to be Mel Tucker. So what do you do if you're the agent? Let's mail. It's time to sell because we think our analysts think that the market's going down a little bit. So my understanding is by doing that, Jimmy Sexton got mail about one five to one 
eight um uh, a year more than than what they offer it in November first. Let that so if the yeah. numbers come in as been reported, ten years ninety five million that is four more numbers than there were. Well, what really happened? Well, what happened was a couple of boosters got involved. We don't want them to go. Well, listen, this is as far as we're going to go. You know, we're going to maybe can go seven, seven, two. Well, we're willing to, we don't want them to go. We believe in it. Yada, yada. This is how this stuff works. So now he gets it. Now it does not mean that Mel wouldn't have been a good coach or not for LSU. Whatever. That just wasn't where they were going. And that's why, the deal is being worked on now because if LSU makes a coaching hire and it's not Mel Tucker, Dan, what happens? Who now loses the leverage? Yeah. Damn you know, Okay. So that, that's how that plays out. So again, it's fine. So Michigan state's happy because they can say, man, he, he turned down LSU. He's staying there. He loves right. us. That's great. And then, you know, LSU can, LSU, no skin off their back. They, they got a guy that they're working with as an agent that's that's moving on. So where is this? The situation has come up recently that you're alluding to, and I apologize for it, but I wanted to give the, the whole landscape cool. of it. So Lincoln Riley's name has been brought up, and mm-hmm. Lincoln's in a unique situation. He's got a Bob Lamont has been his agent. He's technically not with them, but he uses – him and another lawyer to kind of help him with his negotiations. And that's a little bit more than probably people need to know or really care about. My view of what's going on is very clear. Um, Knowing Lincoln, I don't think Lincoln has any desire to leave Oklahoma. Uh, Maybe at the right time for an NFL job, which is still in play. And I know that there's some people maybe even this year again that might want to talk right situation, right owner mm-hmm. is, is what he's looking for, but right. very happy, really happy with that president there. And Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, he have a great relationship. Okay. Well, well what's the deal with all of that? Well, look, the, he's making really good money. Um, there's more money to be made. Uh, he doesn't, they don't have to go that far to, to get to that level to where he's making 10 a year. Cause now Mel Tucker, if those numbers are correct, will be the second highest paid coach in the country. So that deal that Jimbo Fisher, that everybody was griping about that's yesterday's news. Mel is now at the, at the front of the table, so to speak. Well, I guess at the front of the table right next to, to, to Nick Saban, but mm-hmm. so I think Lincoln they're going to make my understanding is that they're going to give him what he needs, what he wants. Mm-hmm. And he's not asking for the, he doesn't have to be dollar for dollar. What he wants is they're going into the sec. Um, he wants more for his staff. He wants, um, I mean, you get more, more money for his staff, more staff and some infrastructure things that he's got. And And I think they're on board with getting that done and willing to do it. I don't sense, and you never know. I've been surprised before. I don't know that there's any stumbling blocks. There's no, to my knowledge, any you know uh, issues or problems. This is not Jimbo frustrated with Florida State because they're not spending the money. They've had a hard time in fundraising, and he's looking to leave. It's not one of those situations. So there's this talk that they have officially offered. Don't don't believe 
that that LSU's made an official offer to him. But I've been told uh, if if they are uh, going to make an offer, um, make a run at him, you know, I, personally, I think that uh, it's certainly viable. I I, I think. That, that Lincoln's a really good offensive mind. I think as a head coach, he's got some some things to work out and playing a little bit more complimentary football defensively. But this is about whether he's going to leave there. I would be shocked if he left Oklahoma to go to LSU. I don't know that he sees that as, look, I, I get this all the time too. What's the better job? You've heard me say this. Dan, the better job is in the beauty of this either, but hold on. Uh, right. And, and, and I think Lincoln would, all things being close, the Oklahoma job is where he'd prefer to be. Now, if for some reason there is something bubbling behind the scenes that I don't know of, if they say, look, this is all we're going and that's that, then, you know, again, the, you know, rising tides raise all ships. So now the just the market value of what these guys go, and I hate to put it this way, I remember this following baseball as a kid because that was the first free agency. I remember back in the day when a utility infielder got $600,000 a year and they were were saying, that's when you know things are going to go up and up and up and up because when that guy gets it, what does the the, uh, all-star shortstop get and so on and so forth. So that's where we are in the coaching landscape. Um, So – you know the whole they offered this or that. I I don't I don't think that. Um, now the numbers that have been floated out make some. It comes in range. So if they do make an offer, I bet it would be somewhere in the seven to ten year range right. at you know nine to ten ish. You know or uh, you know maybe probably from an LSU standpoint. It probably need to be more than that, uh, and and maybe you know no buyout if he wants to leave, for example, you know uh, like the the old Jimbo treatment or whatever. So he's got mm-hmm. leverage and he's using it. That's what's going on in my view. I don't get a sense um, that Lincoln Riley to LSU um, has a realistic chance of happening. Um, I, I just don't. There's there's nothing in the inside of knowing Lincoln and knowing his people and knowing, knowing even the LSU angle, I, they're the, the, the real people that matter. I don't, I don't know that they feel as, as comfortable. And that doesn't mean that they're not trying or, or that, that it may not happen, but I, I don't think they're counting on that. As far as Dave Aranda, I think he's as good a chance as anybody to get the USC job. I'm a big Dave Aranda fan. I think he's a brilliant mm-hmm. uh, organizer. I think he's super smart. I think he understands from a vision standpoint, uh, being on the cutting edge. I mean, even just the little things. This is a little thing. Like the kicking of the field goal, that was for the tiebreaker. He absolutely knew. Do you know that that put him in Oklahoma literally tied in the tiebreaker if it came to that? The guy is always two, three steps ahead in terms of thinking, in terms of how you evaluate players in recruiting, how you put together a staff. He's on the cutting edge of how do you, you maximize what you teach defensively and with the offensive coaches, what gives us the most trouble. So I, I think he's good at a lot of things. He's just not a real 
you know, gregarious type of guy. Oh, He's quiet. But that's what the media cares about. And a lot of folks talk about the whole, he's very quiet. He's a thinker. And I think he'd be a great fit for USC. He could have the Washington job. I can tell you, they would. I've heard that too. They want him bad. So, and, you know, I just don't know if the timing's right if he wants to leave there. Look, I can tell you. And one of the things that I know we've talked about is, look, sometimes – the timing's not ideal. Ideally, he'd like to be at Baylor for maybe two, three more years. But one of the things I always tell guys like this is, you know, sometimes the timing's not right, but the job is. And, you, right. you know, and, and all you need to know is look around the landscape and see how one guy's hot and he's cold the next. You know, sometimes you just got to take it when it comes. And um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I think that he's – he's struggling with leaving Baylor at this point, but I think he's got in USC in Washington, really good, uh, really good opportunities. I think he'd be a great fit at LSU. Uh, I can tell you that, that uh, I have not had much success getting, you know, even in the early stages of this Scott or anybody to, to get as excited about Dave Aranda as the future head coach at LSU as excited as I would be. So uh, and I just don't know what it is. I think a lot – I'm, I'm going to let you jump in here. I just think yeah. a lot of it is too much into that's not splashy enough, and I think that's oh. short-sighted. And yeah. I, I, I think they'd be making a mistake if they didn't go hard after him. Uh, and we'll see yes. what happens, who they get. But I like Dave. I think he's really good. Yeah. Everything that you just mentioned right there, Chris, I mean, as an LSU fan, I'm thinking – that's what you need. And here's where I'm going with this. Years ago, I think I've told this story on this show, is that I went back to Houston, and it was a Falcons and Texans combined practice. It was Bill O'Brien. Texans practice was completely different from what I remembered it on Gary Kubiak. And I was talking with John McClain, and I did the customary, how is it? How, how is he? He just said, well, he's a little different than Gary. And he just talked about, you know, the way that things go in the NFL and kind of it goes the way here in college is how I'm tying this back is that you have a player's coach, then you got to fire him and get the hard ass in. If you've had the hard ass, then you need to fire him and get the player's coach. So the reason why I'm like so animated about Dave Aranda is you talked about the organization. You didn't have that with the current guy. You talked about the evaluation of players. Strike two, hiring staff. Strike three, in-game coaching. I mean, just like preparation, everything. Everything you just mentioned right there as an LSU fan, I'm kind of like, my gosh. Like, okay, I get it. He's he's not the party animal. He's not going to be in the corner doing keg stands. Guess what? You don't want that. You've had that for the last few years. You've had the guy who's trying to fight people out of camp in in, in Fushan Parish. You've had the guy who's walking with his girlfriend the day before the USC game or UCLA game. You've had the guy who is, you know, doing the whole bring your ass down here with your sissy blue shirt. Like, hire the guy that's not that guy. And and I get it that these guys that are being mentioned are not him. But I think the way that we wrap this before we move on to talk about Lane Kiffin here is – Am I warm in thinking from what you've gathered that this fits the two criteria with Scott Woodward? You're not going to hear about it, and it's going to be a big name. Do you think I'm warm in in thinking that? Well, I think you got to define a big name. I mean, because 
there can be a big name. I, I don't know who – I mean, Lincoln Riley's a big name. I, I don't know that he's the best coach for this job. I think there's – you know, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. But there are not a lot of big names out there. I, I'll say this. I, I have no problem saying it now because I've said it elsewhere. I talked to Brian Kelly. Um, that's a name that I – Chris, right, but, but, that's a name that I threw out. I said yeah, he but, is capped out at Notre Dame. He is an incredible recruiter. He is an incredible evaluator. Yeah, well, I, I, I talked with him. He's a good friend. Sure. And sure. I talked to him. They said, hey, could you get – he's just not interested. I mean, not not that he's not interested in LSU at this day, at this age. Uh, I talked to him. I said, look, you know, do you, you, ever, you ever think about what it would be like? And I know USC is – USC, Notre Dame, that's, you know, but still, I mean, it's like both of those would be, wouldn't that just rejuvenate? He said, yeah, you know, he says, but I'm really comfortable here. And I think one of the things with Brian, he's, he's a Northeast guy and kind of, kind of a, he's, he's an adopted Midwest guy. I don't think he really cares. Like Notre Dame, you got to do a lot of stuff, but it's different. Yeah, he just he's just comfortable. I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, yeah. somebody's just comfortable. You know, you say, "What about this? This could be a change." Yeah, it would be. I just don't want change. It's kind of like when Mike Krzyzewski said one time that Jerry West asked him. He says, "Give me twenty minutes, and I'll change your life." He wanted him to go and coach the Lakers, and he said, "Right, what if you don't, don't want your life changed?" Yeah, and it's like you know, just some. It, it's one of those cases, and so there just wasn't much there, and just nothing there. And I don't know that. Look, we, you know, the whole we know this that the 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 number one guy that Scott wanted was Jimbo. It was. Right. It still is. If he could just get Jimbo to call him back and say, you know what, I've rethought this whole thing. Boom, that's your guy. It's just not. It never was really going to happen because Jimbo has found his home, and as I've said. He can build his program with his legacy and not, you know, someplace else that that that's not leaving Florida State anymore. He was looking for an exit strategy. He's not looking for one here. And Brian's not looking. And I don't think Lincoln Riley's looking uh, unless I'm misreading what's going on. So who's the big name? There's I mean, there's not the big name. I don't think Matt Rule is interested at this time in coming out of the NFL. Um, I don't think they're waiting. I don't think that's, that's, I mean, so the, the big name, who's the big name and I, you get the feeling. And I've always said, I've said this for a while, Dan, you're a fan and you kind of follow the, the world of fandom more than I do. You're not going to satisfy the fans because whoever they hire is not going to be huh. quote unquote big enough. Some people didn't want Jimbo. They didn't think that was big. Enough. Well, who do right. you want? There is no bigger name. Well, there I, is no bigger name. I mean, a na- yeah. name name me a bigger name. That I mean, Saban's not coming. You you know the ones we don't need to right. go through. They're not coming. So Dabo, there's no Dabo's yeah. it, it, not coming. I'm not a big Dabo guy. You know personally. Right. I, so you know my thing is that eventually they'll embrace who they bring in, and then like most people though, accept it, and then yeah. they'll bitch about it the first game they lose. That's uh, what happens. Yeah. You know, but no. but no, I just think that. Everyone says Scott's a big game hunter. Well, I mean, yes, let's go back. Okay, he hired um, Steve Sarkeesian in Washington. Good hire, you know, um, but but a guy that was an assistant in a good position. Yeah, he hired Chris Peterson. 
Chris Peterson, he, he, he lured him. Chris Peterson, I know Chris very well. There are two jobs that interest him that, that he was only going to leave Boise for, Oregon or Washington. He's a mm-hmm. Northwest guy, and that was it. He's not interested in going to be the coach at Georgia or Tennessee or Alabama or LSU or Florida. It's those two. That's what he's always wanted. Now, I don't know, and I haven't touched. I don't know if that's anything changed now that he's retired, but that was, so he got him. Then he, then he obviously hired Jimbo. Well, mm-hmm. he was in a good position to get Jimbo. He knew him. He liked him. He had money to offer. And what was Jimbo looking for? A place to leave where he can have financial resources. Sometimes, it's not that Scott right. is not capable of doing that. Sometimes you just don't have that. It's kind of like I may have the first pick in the draft this year. It doesn't mean I'm going to be able to draft the franchise quarterback because what if there's not that guy this year? Sometimes it just doesn't play that way. You have to play with how the draft board says, and that's how I deal with coaching searches is who's available, who's there. All right. Matt Campbell's a name. Let's throw that out. Is he a fit? Boy, he really big is big in developmenting. Development man, I don't know if you heard his comments. That was disturbing. Uh, what he said. They asked him about his this year and and mm-hmm. how he um man the expectations you know were to were to win the conference. He's oh no 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 no. My expectations weren't to win the Big Twelve. I just want our players to be the best version of themselves they can be. And he's kind of a lot of that kind of the do the best. Well, you're at a developmental program, maybe the NFL where you get the most, you know, I don't know, good coach, but does he want to go and challenge and get the Johnny five-star guy? I don't know that that's the fit. Um, I don't know that Luke Fickle is going to be willing to make that move and maybe tries to sell those two guys or again, a Matt rule Coming out of the NFL, I, I, I don't know that those – now, do, do people consider those that I mentioned big names? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Now, Lane Kiffin is a big name. We're going to get into that. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think that's the direction that, that Scott Woodard wants to go, uh, particularly since the connection with Ed – and Lane may have cleaned up his act a little bit, but you're dealing with Title IX investigations, a guy that you talk about like to take uh, cell phone uh, photos of his girlfriend in the bed in Ed Ogeron, and you're going to get Joey Freshwater to come in. Now, I don't know that they I, – I, I heard that Joey Freshwater has retired. I don't know. Maybe he has. But anyway, I don't see that being a fit for Scott. <clears throat> it just like as much as – the president um, of LSU, uh, uh, William Tate, liked Mel Tucker. That was not the direction Scott wanted to go. So we're going to see what Scott comes up with. I'm I'm curious. Um, I mean, I know who's out there. I don't know who who can reel in. Maybe it's one of those guys that we mentioned. Maybe it is Lincoln Riley. Although I I have no no indications that that's that's as strong of a possibility as been reported. We'll see. <clears throat> well, Excuse here's me. another one. Here's another one that we get to is you mentioned Lane Kiffin, and he has been mentioned with LSU. It seems like numerous people have said he wants that job if it's offered. Well, another one is I, Andy I can Slater. confirm that. I can confirm I, that very well. Uh, on Fox Sports 640 down in South Florida, Andy Slater 
on Twitter today saying, Slater scoop, Lane Kiffin would leave Ole Miss for University of Miami if Hurricanes head coaching job were open. Multiple sources close to Kiffin tell me. Now, this is the second time in as many days during this silly season, Chris, that we have heard this. Nevin Shapiro, of course, of uh, the booster scandal, everything else, went away to prison, all those different types of things told the Clarion Ledger the same thing. So that's two different people that are floating it out there that I would not think, well, maybe Slater would have some connection with agents, i.e. Jimmy Sexton. But, I mean, is this anything more than innuendo and rumor? Or is there something out there that would really truly lead us to believe that Lane Kiffin would indeed leave Ole Miss and go to Miami even with all the limitations that they have at Miami? Uh, along the lines of what, how I started this, um, yeah, Jimmy Sexton represents Lane and Mel. Um, Lane has not been able – Jimmy's not been able to parlay this a raise for Lane because Lane's never really been in the LSU search from from LSU standpoint. Now, gotcha. m- m- maybe maybe things change if they – you know, I, I almost get feeling it would be a Billy Napier over Lane. That's my sense. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe Lane reemerges. Maybe there's, if they're looking for a splash, if Scott's looking for a splash, and that's his, you know, okay. But he's not really been in that. So Jimmy's not been able to get Lane the the, the raise or get him is involved in this. Um, I can tell you where the leaks emanate from. They emanate from, from Jimmy and the people that he disseminates information to, and it gets out to certain folks about, you better believe that the interest level my, by Miami and the name of Lane Kiffin and ties to Florida, he coached at Boca, all of that, whether Lane would take it or not is irrelevant to this point. They want his name in there. They want to be able to leverage it with Ole Miss. Would he end up, after he looks under the hood at the Miami program, be interested? Don't know. I think that I will say this. I shared with this, and I'll share this with the list, with you uh, before we got on. I'll share this. Lane has always had an affinity in the past for the Miami program. As you hmm. can tell, he was a guy with a lot of swagger. He, The Miami, Florida, not, that just has been his thing. Now, he's kind of a different lane now, maybe, and Miami's different. Like when he was years ago, Miami was a different Miami. They were still – you know, and I'm thinking, and I'm talking maybe like 12, 15 years ago. That was, that was a kind of, does he see Miami the same way? If he goes under the hood and he looks at Miami and says, facility wise, can we do this? To, it may not. It, it would, I can tell you that he would prefer the Florida job if that came open. And, and so this is kind of the way you stoke the fires a little bit to get the name out there to begin to use leverage. So uh, whether it, emanates from him taking the job or not don't know but i think there would be some interest by miami if they made that move and i think he certainly would fit from a football standpoint recruiting wise um but can he do everything can he have this entire staff because look Ole miss has got sec money they can do things is miami going to be willing and they're going to be able to do it if they can answer that yeah yeah i think if they can match the resources, I think he'd leave from Miami, no question. He'd leave Ole Miss from Miami. I don't know that Miami is the best 
is his ultimate. I think he'd prefer Florida. I think he'd definitely prefer LSU. He'd like that. But I don't know that those are realistic. As far as from Miami's concern, Miami lost their way. Urban Meyer ruined that program. Urban Meyer went into South Florida where Miami was cleaning up all those years in South Florida and urban went in and he began to own South Florida in recruiting and Miami haven't, hasn't gotten it back since. I mean, it's not Florida that's dominating mm-hmm. South Florida now, but it's Alabama going in and getting there and yep. LSU getting Patrick Peace. Georgia. All those guys. Georgia, Georgia does it. And, and Miami's got to get that back. So getting someone that can do that. Um, if I were Miami real quick, here's the thing. I don't know if they've got their AD lined up. But everybody's talking yeah. about Mandy's done it. How quick are they going to get that done? You're going to hire the coach and then hire the AD? That's not a good way to do it. If I were Miami, real quick, let me move on. If I were Miami and we're smart, I would go to Mario Cristobal. Yeah. And I'd say, here's what we're going to do. We're yeah. going to make we're going to make you the vice chancellor, the athletic director and head coach. And you can hire your athletic director to run the athletic department. We're going to give you the control and the power. You come and win back South Florida in recruiting. And we're going to, because what can you give them at Miami? That's his school, by the way, for people who don't know. Mario oh, yeah. played there. But what can you give them at Miami now that Oregon can't? Well, Marmon give you money. Here's what we can do for you. We'll make you the athletic director in name. You can hire somebody that will do the athletic director job, but you will only answer to the president of the university and you can run it. Be creative. That's when somebody asked me when I was working, when Nick Saban was leaving to go to Miami with the Dolphins, is there, do you think there's anything he'd stay for? I said, probably not because at that time he was going to go in the NFL. But if you want to do something, Go and make him the vice chancellor, the athletic director, and let him hire his guy underneath him. Make a run there and do that. Well, they didn't want to do that because the powers that be and oh, Skippy Burtman and all those guys, they wanted they 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 wanted Nick, believe it or not, out of there because he 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 answered straight to Mark Emmert. And he just huh. he just walked over the athletic director. And when when Mark Emmert left, they ego wise they just really it irked them that you know oh, Nick was leaving. That, so anyway, that, anyway, that, that hurts. But, that but, hurts but, LSU fans. But, 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 but the but the point is, is Nick was always. Everybody says Nick wanted to go back. Once Mark Emmert left, Nick Saban was already looking to get out the door. So it was it was only a matter of time. But I said, if you want to do something, I don't think it's going to work. But here's the best hail mary: make him the athletic director. And we even came up with a guy that would be the athletic director under Nick, uh, Oliver Luck. Oh, wow. Andrew Luck's dad. And, and, yeah. and I said, let him run it. You, you're the boss. Because at that time, he answered only to Mark Emmett. The whole time um, uh, uh, Joe Dean was there and Skip Burtman, Nick had a direct line to Mark Emmett. And so and Mark said, you got to do this, you got to do that. It, it, and once that changed – it wasn't the same, and he's got the same direct line now. The, the Greg Byrne, when when Nick says hello, Greg Byrne steps up and says, "Yes, sir. Can can I come in and see you? Can can you squeeze me in, Coach? I mean, he has he used that type of power. But anyway, I think you got to be creative in situations like that. Anyway, that just some of yeah. my thoughts 
of what what, what I would do if I were Miami. Because, uh, but yeah, no, I uh, that's kind of how I see. It. I, I I would not rule. I can tell you this: Lane is definitely interested in openings that are out there or might come out there. And those two in Florida that could come open are a definite interest to him. I don't know how they're going to be higher in their lists, uh, how high or, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. And, and I don't know if it, it's going to be this, the right scenario for him where he would leave, but, and then, and then Ole Miss has still got that, that four, that Mississippi state, the state four years, you know, those, those are some roadblocks, but yeah, I don't see him being long for Ole Miss. And by the way, recruiting, is just okay right now. I'm I'm surprised yeah. they're really struggling this year's class. They're going to have to make a run, but yeah, that's the latest well, on that. And and state it's tough. Really quick uh, before we move on to a few of the games we're going to talk about this week, uh, BetOnline.ag throwing out in Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com threw this out earlier. Odds, Chris, for the next head coach to be fired slash resign, seven to two. Top odds, Dan Mullen, Florida. You've talked about him before. Now, I cannot see that happening before the guy right behind, excuse me, right behind him at nine to two. That's the job we just talked about. Miami, Manny Diaz, nine to two. Mike Bloomgren, Rice, all right, whatever. Steve Sarkeesian, not likely. Scott Frost, I know it's not happening. Correct. Jeff Collins, same deal. Not yet, at least. I've been told that yeah. uh, some significant changes are going to need to be made, which, by the way, too, the beyond portion, I guess we can kind of go here. Um, did you see that Georgia Tech, there was a story in the AJC, the lowest attendance since 1989. I brought that up before the show today to Chuck Oliver. And Chuck goes, the stadium was smaller then. So it just shows you how things, the fan base feels about Chuck Ap- Collins and Georgia apathetic Tech. Apathetic right over there. Yeah. Oh, beyond belief. Because you've talked about, too, that the, the, the recruiting is not great. The coaching has not really been that great either, as we've seen as they seemingly just make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And we were told this year, well, the culture is in place. Now we're going to get to coach these guys. Well, the coaching has not been great. Uh, Jeff Scott at South Florida, I don't think so. If no. if it does, if it did, then I guarantee you Dabo Sweeney's hiring him back up in a second to come back and lead that offense. Ken Niamatololo at Navy, I don't necessarily see that. No. Uh, Dino Babers, I, that could be interesting. I, I could see Syracuse kind of looking at, the program and saying we could, we could go get our Jeff Halfley and be just fine there. So uh, that's a possibility. And Neil Brown, uh, 12 to one at uh, West Virginia. So those are just some to uh, ponder uh, by the way. Uh, like I said, with this podcast here, SEC football and beyond, you can find us wherever you get your podcast need. That's Apple, Spotify, wherever that might be. Chris, let's just spend a couple of minutes on these games before we get to uh, any mailbag questions that might be out there or anybody else who uh, has a question or two. Uh, number 21, Arkansas at Alabama. Our, uh, Alabama is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. I think for this one, Chris, the question is, can Arkansas win with massive physicality? Do they have enough in terms of strength and numbers to be able to take down Alabama, or is it a case right here where talent wins out and Alabama is able to win the game? Well, they're going to have to play really good defensively and create some turnovers. I think that's the key. I think that they're the, – the most interesting watch for me is how is Barry Odom going to play this? Is He likes to, you know, sit back and split safeties. And w- might he want to bring a little bit more pressure here? Obviously, 
A&M, LSU have had success against Alabama. Uh, how will they try to do that? Um, if Alabama gets a lead and they can move it down and, and they play that two deep shell, they can move it down the field and control the game. Uh, it just that's really not what what Arkansas wants to do. They have to win it at the line of scrimmage. You have to play well at the line of scrimmage. They have to you know to run the football well. If they don't run the football well, they're toast. They just can't be successful as a pass first team. So they can't get behind. They have to employ the quarterback in the run game. And if they do those things well, they can certainly have a chance. Look. You know, I think we got to look at the other side. In Alabama, what are we going to see? I, I, I already sensed something. Already sensed it. Been there and heard that before. Nick's complaining about practice. Not a good week of practice. I saw a that. Lot of, a lot of woe is me. Poor me. Uh, you know, it's just it's starting to get a little bit of can't be doing those things. This team. He's pushing. Yeah, this team, this Alabama team, listen to this. And it shows up on film. And I I was wondering how this would stack up. So I went and looked it up. They are 10th in the SEC in running the football, Alabama is. 10th. Alabama's running the football. Go back to 2011 10th. and tell people that. Go back to 2010, Mark just Ingram there, and tell people that. Unbelievable. It's just Got to get back to that. Now, we're down in the stretch here. Two games, you get your shot at Georgia. It's, you know, it's just about you got to really iron sharpens iron. You've got to figure some things out. Protection, you have to max protect. You got to run the football. You got to challenge guys. You got to grow up. Yet, they're in a unbelievably unique underdog situation. We'll see how it plays out. Not in this game. I'm talking about underdog compared to Georgia. And this is what this is all about. It's about playing well, getting better in this game. Um, you know, the one thing that I think is going to be key, again, Arkansas's base pass rush hasn't been all that good. So this is maybe not the ideal situation. Will Arkansas bring the house like LSU, like AM did? And will they be successful getting home? That's going to be the key in this game. will determine how close it can be, whether it's a game in the fourth quarter. But if Alabama gets a lead, they spurt out, they don't have the ability to come back. But I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't think it's going to have a it's going to have to have a type of game like AM had against Alabama. Where yeah. it was just I mean, the the passing game for AM that wasn't there before or since just 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 came down, rained down from the heavens. It's going to be that type of game. This one's in Tuscaloosa. This one's going to be a lot tougher. I, I think Alabama takes care of it, uh, but we'll see. That's kind of how I see the game having to play out to, to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the interesting things that you just touched on there is, number one, with this Alabama, at least offense, that the line play has been inconsistent at times. A lot of young guys up there. I mean, you had – a hell of an offensive line last year. That's not easy to replace. And usually the sad truth is it takes about a year to be able to get that group together and really get them working. And maybe we see some improvement in the bowl game. And then you can say, okay, that's going to get back next year. But 10th in the SEC running the football. I mean, I get it. They had that good performance against Ole Miss. And then Nick Saban said, that's not really the way we want to play anymore. But I think that probably, Chris, this offseason, he's going to say, we don't necessarily want 
to be back to more of a running attack. But if nothing else, 60-40, 65-35, something like that. We need to at least be a little bit closer to balance than we than we are right now. And I think that that's going to be an emphasis this offseason. And I'm interested to ask him about it when we talk to him next year at SEC Media Days. If you are struggling in pass protection, you have to be able to run the football. Mm-hmm. Because if people can tee off on you, mm-hmm. it's easy. You've yep. got to make them respect the run. You have to make them know that you can run and are willing to run. And that means your defense has to keep you in games to where you're not playing from behind, playing chase. And you you better stay committed to the run enough to where that's where you can slow it down. So you better be good coming off the ball and run block. And then I'm curious to see what they do here. That's going to be key. All right. Florida is at Missouri. The Gators are an eight and a half point favorite in this one. Unless... Arkansas challenges Bama, and it's really close at the end of this game. This is the most intriguing game of the weekend, and and, and I I have no and the it's only for Florida. Is the Florida meltdown going to continue? And what I mean is, I don't mean the game itself, but the I think this is pivotal. I I just think that if Florida drops this game, if they pull a South Carolina game. I just think that storyline of finding an exit strategy with Dan becomes more and more of an issue. And I think it's also going to be the case when they play Florida State. I just don't think he can afford that. The negativity around it, it he need, they need to stop the bleeding. They need a tourniquet. They need to get to the hospital. They need to get it stitched up. It just, you know... I just I just think this is a watch because if it turns out like last week or against South Carolina, it's going to be the storyline of how does Dan deal with it? Yeah. What type of weird stuff does he say? Yeah. What did what does he say? All of that. I can't really sell the game. I don't know what the hell I expect, you know, from from Florida. And this Missouri team's not very good. They're recruiting pretty well, by the way. Give them that on a bad year. Missouri is, not Florida. We know that. Mm-hmm. But it's just a bad – this Missouri team's not very good. Uh, neither is South Carolina. Neither is Sanford. I, it's all about Florida. I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm perplexed to sit there and say I'm not convinced that Florida is going to win it. I sat here with one of our listeners. It was the you were dealing with the World Series when some one of our listeners, great listeners, Florida fans, said, um, "Florida going to have any problem against South Carolina this week?" I said, "Of course not. They're going to win this." Kidding me? I mean, I, I think everybody under the sun. Felt Are you that kidding way. me? And, and they're going to finish eight hmm. and four, and they're going to figure yeah. things out. My. God, as things change. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't give a nickel's chance of betting this game either way because Missouri's not good enough to win this game, but Florida can absolutely lose it if they continue to do what they're doing. I don't know. Let's, uh, an, you know, another game, too, that's really intriguing this weekend, Chris, from the standpoint of South Carolina. Can they get the win because next week they take on Clemson? That one looks like it's going to be a lot tougher for them. So, the Gamecocks hosting an Auburn team coming in, TJ Finley, who last year gave the South Carolina team fits. The Tigers are a seven and a half point favorite in this one. Chris, I got to tell you, I could see this being a toss up either way. Williams Bryce at night, the fan base could be, you know, they could be feeling that of, 
hey, we get this. We're going back to a bowl game, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, their bowl drought is even longer than Arkansas's. And we saw how excited Sam Pittman got when Arkansas was able to make a bowl game. So for South Carolina, there is very much a ton of motivation for them to really turn things on and try to get things going in this game. Look, I, I get it. Um, you're going to be – you got um, T.J. Finley playing. By the way, he played against South Carolina last year when he was mm-hmm. at LSU, 17-21, really two touchdowns. Uh, he had a pick. Um, I, I Auburn's handicapped here. You know, I think that they're going to have a different game plan with Finley. You could be absolutely right. And, and, and like, again, I, I, I'm not buying it. I think Auburn wins. I, I, I just don't think this South Carolina team's very good. Yeah. I think Auburn wins. I think they win by 17, 20 points. I don't see this as close. No, watch it. Again, the guy that said, you know, Florida's right. going to have no problem with South Carolina with the hell I know. But no, I, I don't see it that way. But I do, I do see an Auburn rebound. I, feel a lot better about it from Auburn's standpoint if Knicks was playing. I just it's not that I think Auburn's figured it out. I just think that was, you know, um tough for them. Um and, and and they lost to a better team. They were really good in the first half. Again, different quarterback, I know. There's a lot there. So I don't know. I've kind of revised it to where I don't think it's the 17 20 point. I think is um on Landry football I'm still looking at it as an Auburn win. I'm thinking maybe more 10, 14 points. I I think they're fairly comfortable here, and I think they win it. We'll see. Vanderbilt at number 12, Ole Miss. We can spend about less than a minute on this. It's up to you. Rebels are a 36 and a half, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Vanderbilt will play for pretty hard for a little bit. Ole Miss is banged up. They come off a big win, you know, last week against a and They got the Egg Bowl next week. They'll win this. It's fine. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's the uh, least intriguing game of the good games <laughs> of yeah. the games that are not the, the, the nine cupcake the, the games. FCS it's, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, and, and yeah. to be honest with you, Vanderbilt kind of looks like some of the cupcakes. So I might even yeah. throw it into that. And I don't see anything obviously in any of the other games that is remotely intriguing um, at all. At all. I guess, you know, um, no, I really don't see anything at all. I really don't. Fair enough. Hey, we can move on. If you want to move on, I'm ready to move on. It's all good. Yeah, uh, by the way, too, uh, for Ole Miss, uh, they win this game. They win the Egg Bowl 10-2 and two this season. <coughs> say that again? 10-2 and two if if Ole Miss wins this week and next week. Oh, yes, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be 10-2. So and two. If, Absolutely. Yeah, no, if, no doubt. No doubt. As, uh, as, our, as our good buddy Chuck Oliver says on the uh, Chuck Oliver Show, that ain't nothing, folks. So no, and it, it, it and and I think I know Lane pretty well. I know his dad real well. I, he knows you better strike with that because ten and two, like you said, it ain't nothing. Chuck said it ain't nothing. It ain't gonna happen very if often. You're not. You're not gonna no. have Matt Corral. You're not gonna have no. Jerry Ely. You're not gonna no. have no, 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 a no. bunch of the other players that he no, has. No, so. no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, basically. Eight and four is going to be great years yep. at Ole Miss. This is not sustainable. He knows yep. it, which is why he's trying. If the to money's out. right and everything. I don't know if it's Miami, but but yes, 
that he sees that path. He gets it. Yeah, he he knows there's a limit there. He knows. Got better better resources maybe, but the path and what you can do with it, mm. you know, uh, I, I think that I think you, you, you have to know when to get out sometimes. I think he knows that. A couple of really good mailbag questions we're going to get to in a second because let's get to beyond just for a few minutes here. Uh, number seven, Michigan State at Ohio State. Talking about this one and also another one because of playoff implications, obviously, Chris. Number seven at number four, Ohio State. Boy, Vegas is really believing in this young developmental Ohio State team. And I say young and developmental kind of tongue-in-cheek because kind of like at Alabama, we've talked about just incredible talent on the field. For Ohio State, they were young in very critical areas. They've grown up pretty quickly and now become a pretty good team that I think a lot of people look at and say, boy, I don't know if I want to see them in the first round of the playoff semifinals. Well, um, you know, this this Ohio State team is very talented. And I, I kind of see this as a decisive win. Um, I just really don't like Michigan State secondary. Look, I, I, I'm I'm impressed with what they've done, but Michigan State beating really one good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, you know, and, and can't even get ranked ahead of them. Um, but, no, I think Ohio State's just too talented. I think you can torch this secondary. Uh, I think Purdue did it. I think Ohio State will do it. I think they'll do it. I think they'll win going away. And um, I know there's a lot of talk. Just tell you how – you know, today in the moment they are. Somebody actually asked him today, do, do, do you think Mel needs to, to sign that contract today before the game Saturday? Like like they're going to pull it off the table. I said, yeah, no. I, maybe I, 10 I, years, I, 95, I, not, not I, so much. I, 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 think, I think they're down that path. I think they've gotten too far down that aisle that, that no, 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 I don't think they're backing up. But, no, there may be some people saying, we did what? You know, yeah. this may be that this may be like, like remember a couple of years ago, Purdue had some success, and this is the same thing. Tennessee flirted with Jeff Brom as they flirted with nineteen other people before they hired Butch Jones at the time. Um, and I don't know if people know this. Jeff Brom makes seven five years, but Jeff Brom was making what what Jimbo made until Jimbo got his bump. Think about mm-hmm. that for a second. Um, I, you, you know, again. <laughs> That's why rises tides raises all ships. No, they might be some people saying, "Oh, we're going to no," but I think they'll still be happy with the decision that they made. I don't think they're going to be happy this week in Columbus. I think the Buckeyes roll. All right, number three, Oregon at number twenty-three, Utah. We've seen the Utes already this year at home take down Arizona State, and they are favored by three in this game. So, a home favorite at a place that I've understood, Chris, is a pretty tough place to play there at Rice-Eccles Stadium there in Utah. So is this an opportunity for Mario Cristobal's team to be walking into a bad situation? I think these are the two, both, these are the two toughest road games to play. This is like, um, if I were going to compare it to SEC folks, it would be like, um, well, the stadium's not as big. Uh, it'd be more like um, Mississippi State, you know, kind of a road game, but 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 really tough there. Uh, Utah's really tough, tough to play. It's cold, can, you know, same in Oregon and Austin. Um, this Utah team is awfully tough. Now they 
they had more in their hands than I thought they would last week against Arizona. Um, I kind of like Utah in this game at home. I, I've, I've, I've said it for a stretch. If Oregon can beat Utah, uh, win the Civil War against Oregon State and come back and beat Utah again, they, they definitely will earn that spot. In the, I just think that's a tough road. Yeah. Beating Utah twice is difficult, but I'm going to tell you, this is the tougher one of the two. Utah, usually, they just don't beat themselves. They are the mm. developmental program out west. In fact, if you're going to talk about the best developmental programs in the country, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Utah are the ones that have done it the most, the longest. Um, mm. They're really tough. They're good on special teams. They're physical on defense. And look, they had their quarterback transfer, Charlie Brewer transferred, the Baylor transfer, transfer out. They've got things settled a little bit, kind of like Utah in this one. This is my featured game of the week. Uh, I think it's the most intriguing one of the week. Um, 6.30 Central Time on ABC. Yeah. East uh, Central Time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be 7.30 on the East. Um, real quick, before I uh, get into the one final in the Beyond, or actually, let's do the Beyond, and then we'll do the Landry Lab set up this weekend, and then let's get uh, mailbag before we get out. Uh, Justin Puente out. I don't believe we had a chance to talk about this earlier in the week. Out at uh, Virginia Tech. Chris, I kind of struggle with this because it's one of those things that people say, well, it's Virginia Tech. You know, Frank Beamer did it there, all those different types of things. I think the problem is, there's good talent in the state of Virginia, but the problem is, is now the North Carolinas, the Georgias. Um, it just, the, there are a lot of different programs. I mean, I'm sure Penn state, Ohio state, whoever it is have come into the state and started to get players from Virginia. And Oh, by the way, too, another guy that I'm a huge fan of in that state is getting guys to come play there. That's Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia. So there's good talent. There's not an abundant amount of it there. I think that's number one. The other part of it as well is I just don't think that Virginia Tech has the national brand where you can go into a high school in Florida, in Atlanta, or anywhere like that and say, hey, come play at Virginia Tech. Come be a part of something special. People will be like, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I go play at Georgia or Clemson or LSU or Florida or somewhere like that? It, um, yeah, a lot of kids don't really remember Michael Vick, believe it or not. Now, some exactly. of them, due to due to the the video and the excess, they can find out, but it's not as prevalent in their mind. Um, that Tidewater area, though, Dan has a, a lot of good players. Here's what's hurt them since Frank left: is um, they've lost their recruiting footprint. They would go in and they would get really good backs. Um, they would get some big receivers they would get really good corners, guys that can run. And then they develop their front guys. They get linebackers that can run and move them down and be defensive ends, safeties that would be linebackers. And they had a really good system, and they had stability on that staff, and they developed well, but they would get some they would get some spices, spice pieces that would really, you know, and then, but look, I mean, they've had a good program. But you're right. They went and played for the national title in the BCS area with Michael Vick, and it's like they expect to do that all the time. Eh. Look, I will say this. They've underachieved in a division, in a, in a conference that, I mean, that should really be competitive. I mean, everybody well, should everybody should sit there. Miami, everybody should sit yeah. there and say, shame, shame on you, shame oh, on yeah. you. What have you done? Yeah. Everybody's just 
just missed a grand opportunity. That's what the and, thought was when they moved from the Big East. They uh, thought yes. this is going to absolutely raise the profile of both programs. Continue. I'm and sorry. And then they haven't done it. No, no, you, you're right on it. So, look, I think it's – and Justin was the hottest guy from Memphis and fit a lot of what they wanted to do and develop yeah. and all the – and it just it just didn't work out and he couldn't recruit well. So we're, we're going to see what they're going to do. Um, I do know that Jamie Chadwell is somebody of interest, um, uh, obviously a little bit Coastal Carolina. Now, Billy Napier would also be interested here. Carolina Billy, area, yeah. Yeah, Billy is from South Carolina. I, I get this a lot. It's always funny. I, I, I tell this, all, folks, Billy Napier, and you've heard, you know, if you repeat something inaccurate a hundred times, people tend to believe it. Billy did not turn down South Carolina. Right. South Carolina, I mean, I know that personally because – I tried to help him because I was involved doing some work with South Carolina, and I thought Billy was a better candidate than Shane Beamer. And it was a lot of influential South Carolina folks that wanted Shane, and that's great. I'm happy for Shane. But he tried like the Dickens to get it. But again, I remember that Saturday morning in San I just, you know, and he got the call, you know, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're going in a different direction. And that's when – he had his re-upping at ULL, and we're committed here. That's how that stuff works. So anyway, um, Billy might be – I think Billy would be interested there. Um, people have asked me a bunch about Hugh Freeze. Mm. And, you know, he's there at Liberty and all that. The issue there is that they're a very conservative lot at Virginia Tech. Whit Babcock is kind of that board that they've always – that would be out of their personality to go with the guy like Hugh, um, even though with his recruiting background in that area and to what he can do offensively, it sure would be interesting from a football standpoint, but everybody's got to make that decision. By the way, that's the guy that I, if I were South Carolina, I would have hired Hugh yeah. Freeze. But, man, I got to tell you, he is like when his name comes up in when I'm dealing with in coaching searches is like all the administrators go silent. Like, Oh my God, he just said the F word, yeah. you know, it's like, he said, he said, you free. They kind of look like there's, yeah. there is a lot apparently that went on at Ole Miss NCAA wise that not even been reported. Cause it's like been a, been a front Nick Saban couldn't even get him hired on his staff. Right. That's, oh, yeah. that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Anyway, oh, so I don't know where that's going. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. I've heard a few people. I do know that Mike Elko would be very interested. I don't know if they're going to go with the coordinator out. Remember, Mike, who's defense coordinator, great job doing great job at A&M, was once at Wake Forest, kind of knows the mm-hmm. area. And Mike is originally a Jersey guy. Um, so, yeah, no, that would be, be real interesting to see. Um, I can tell you who they like a lot who they're going to make a run at, and it's probably their number one choice, is Dave Clawson. I don't know how Dave feels about it. He's got a certain level of stability and doing a certain thing, his own thing at Wake. You know, he's got more potential to recruit better and because Wake has the smallest student body of anybody in the Power Five. I mean, they got, you know, an average high – your high school <laughs> – your high school had more kids than students than Wake Forest does. Um, but uh, I, I don't know how Dave feels about that, but I think he's he's somebody of interest there. 
Landry Lab, what do we got this weekend, Chris? Before yeah, the real quick, I think Michigan, Ohio State, number one, Iowa State, Oklahoma, um, Texas, West Virginia, Purdue, Northwestern, Rutgers, Penn State, Wake Forest, Clemson in the early window. In the second window, it's Arkansas, Alabama, Nebraska, Wisconsin, um, uh, it, 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 Florida, Missouri, USC, UCLA. Where is that going and gone? Michigan, Maryland, I will be watching SMU Cincinnati. Watch out, uh, Cincinnati. At, they're at home, though. Then Baylor, Kansas State at 430. And then, obviously, in the nighttime, Oregon, Utah, um, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. We'll see if the Kyle Polks can go into Bedlam with that 10-1 uh, record. Uh, we'll have um, Virginia Tech, Miami, Auburn, South Carolina. Um, I'll probably have a little ULM and LSU on as well. Um, and um, Cal Stanford, too, and uh, the game. And then late night, Arizona State, Oregon State. That's what's on in the Landry Lab this week. All right, real quick, <coughs> uh, in the mailbag here, Rich Coates, one, wanting to know, has LSU looked into the NFL ranks for a guy like Brian Dayball? They have um, evaluated guys in the NFL. Brian is interesting. Brian's name's come up a little bit, even as it relates to, like, Virginia Tech as an NFL guy, really get, he's really, uh, I think, more inclined to stay on the NFL side. I think the job he's done with Josh, if they can have some success in Buffalo, he'd be one of those guys that'd be on a short list in the NFL. I think that's where he's more comfortable. Kevin Neely wanting to know, are LSU fans more worried about wins or personality? What is more important? I don't know what the fans want. I, I We talked about that earlier. Fans are fans, and uh, I think that winning cures all. I think having a program you can be proud of, having a program that's successful on the field, that's not embarrassing. But, yeah, people people always want the flash, always want the sizzle. And, you know, that uh, people, a lot of people now in this day and age, you know, Dan, people want to win the mm-hmm. press conference and probably focus too much on that. All right, one final one, again, from Rich Coates. Uh, this is a good one, too, that I'd be pretty curious, if not in the college ranks, in the NFL ranks with this guy. That is Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin as a candidate of interest in any head coaching jobs. Yeah, I mean, not the ones that are open now, but remember the domino effect with some of these jobs. I mean, we're yeah. just we're getting right into it the next couple of weeks. So there'll be some he. Jeff Levy of Ole Miss, which I think yep. Jeff would, would have a great shot at the Ole Miss job if Lane leaves. But, you know, I know he was really in it in the Central Florida. I mean, so we're going to have some of those jobs open up because some guys Dan are going to leave. Um, yeah, I think both Dan and Todd have really yep. good futures. Now, they're going to be a little more selective. Um, and it really depends upon whether they want to stay in the college game or go in the pro game. And obviously – um, they'll have to make that uh, decision. But I think they'll have options. They're doing a really good job, obviously. And if they finish off the season, there's a lot of talent. But they, they coach that team real well. They, they play well together, and they're very well-schemed. I mean, even, you know, Chris, just the Georgia angle, because some of you probably know my ties to the Georgia program. Um, I think this could be the offseason that Kirby has the most turnover that he's had there, that he almost kind of gets – the Nick Saban treatment here, where I think that kind of like you said, the domino effect, if maybe Todd Munkin's name comes up for some of those jobs, Dan Lanning, a guy I think you need to look out for is for his recruiting ability is Del McGee and his ability yes. and his, his ties to the Georgia high school ranks. 
I think that's somebody else to look out for. Um, Glenn Schumann, I think, is too young. I almost wonder, too, if maybe not this cycle, the cycle after this, does Matt Luke find his way back in? And and, uh, is it kind of one of those, hey, he was in an unfair spot at Ole Miss. Second time around, usually guys find their way as a head coach. Would Matt Luke possibly be a guy? I, I wonder if that's a possibility, too. Well, you look at a guy like Sam Pittman having success, people may yeah. look and say, hey, you know, why not Matt? And Matt at least had some head coaching experience. Be the right situation. I don't know if he'd get a job bigger than Ole Miss, the one that he had, and that was his school. Uh, but but certainly he's done an outstanding job. He doesn't get enough credit. That offensive line plays well. I know the, the sexy side is the defensive and how they're great. They are well schooled on the offensive line. Um, so they, yeah, they no, I, I could see it. And you know, and if not that, you know, um, that kind of that assistant head coach, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of money, offensive line guy. He's he's certainly gonna, he's certainly done a good job, and he's he's in as good a place as you can be in terms of yeah. in college right now. So I think he's going to be real picky, and I think he's going to be. I don't see him wanting to go and take a group of five job or a mm. lesser job than what he had. Right. And I don't know. I mean, so he might be one of those that might be, he's, he would have to be willing to, Hey, I really want to be a head coach. So yeah. let me go, you know, and take this job. Other than that. Uh, I don't know. When you win, people want a piece of you. That's Absolutely. No that's, doubt. That's no usually doubt. how it always shakes out. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dan Matthews. Appreciate you all tuning in this week for SEC football and beyond. Enjoy the games this weekend. And just to give you a heads up for next week, those of you who watch us, twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry football. Me and Chris will have it out on Twitter. But with the Thanksgiving holiday, it's a short week for us as it is for everybody else. So we will do shows a little differently this week. Again, stay tuned on Twitter and find out when we are going to do that. We will come, we'll be coming back to you early next week with both the recap and then the preview of the games coming up this coming week. So again, this is SEC Football and Beyond. Find it wherever you get your podcast needs. Again, he's Chris Landry. I'm Dan Matthews. Appreciate you out there for listening to us again. Enjoy the games. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.